Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. entrepreneur and author from rural east texas born and raised in texas and have been doing a lot of work lately as it relates to just transforming our criminal legal system Brittany, i'm so excited to to have you here today um i think my first question is and i talked about it very briefly it's just a check-in and how are you doing all things considering the way the world is right now you know, I'm hanging in there. I work with incarcerated mothers and their daughters. I do work with people who have been unjustly sentenced as it relates to the war on drugs, people who are in federal prison serving life without parole. And so I just always keep them in mind and that's an empowering source for me, just their survivorship, their resilience and just the ability to, to persevere. Wow. wow. And I guess my other question is based on family, how's family doing? I know that um, based on the books, the book that I've read um, and the, the every event um, that relates to family and your love for your grandmother, etc. Um, how are they doing? Everyone is doing well. You know, my, my grandmother was a source of inspiration for me. She ascended this earth a couple of years ago, and I know she's just always present. Our ancestors are always leading us and guiding us. And my mom and sister and dad, everyone's doing great. Awesome, awesome. Can we, I wanna go back to just the piece on your grandmother, if that's okay. Um, yeah. You talk about her so much in the book, and I think you, I'm pretty sure you dedicate the book to her. I believe yeah. so. Um, what did it look like for Brittany in grandma's house when you were younger? What did that look like for you? It was pure love for me. Love in every side of the word. And it was definitely, as I call it in the book, my soul, S-O-U-L, and soul, S-O-L-E, mm -hmm. <laughs> refuge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something about your grandmother's love and something for me extremely special about your grandmother's love from the South. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the intention I have for the book was to really let, allow the South to shine in that way. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's funny because for me, oftentimes when I do have, um, and I will say specifically, uh, black authors, creatives, um, professionals. There's something about black grandmothers that um, sticks out. They often mention uh, them being the rock, um, the soul, the love of a family. 
Um, and I love hearing that. Me being from Canada, I also, I feel the same way about my grandmother. Um, I'm lucky to still have her around, but she's definitely all of those things for me as well. What are some, could you tell me maybe a few um, lessons learned um, from her and how you continue to, to use those lessons through life now? Oh, that's a great question. I learned so many lessons from my grandmother. I think the ones that are sticking out the most to me today is how she had a true, genuine, unconditional love for everybody that mm. she met. She was non-judgmental. She was uplifting in her own gentle way, you know, and she just had a way about her of being everyone's number one cheerleader, you know, treating everyone would think they were her favorite, you know, <laughs> in the world. You know, she just had a way about her that was very gentle. You know, I don't ever recall my grandmother yelling or being angry. You know, I think she just had a very soothing spirit about her that mm -hmm. I do I should remember in that I really need to tap into more. And so thank you for that question. Yeah, that's awesome. With all the work that you do, um, and it's very evident through just like the world in general, um, I guess my other question for you that I'm really interested in is um, how do you balance time um, in regards to family, in regards to the commitment to the work? Um, and what do you like to do for fun? I am still working to balance time. Definitely prioritize being more intentional about it. I think the work has become so ingrained in my life mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it's a practice to really have some sort of balance. I do try to work on self-care and Self-care is a practice, right? And so there are mm -hmm. times where I'm much stronger in it than others. You know, self-care though, as I talk about in the book, as it relates to its more radical roots and not the way the term has been co-opted today as a form of escapism, but self-care, as the poet Audre Lorde would say, you know, self-care is an act of self-preservation it's not an act of self-indulgence and it is a method when I'm practicing it to remember that it's not a form of escapism it's just it's a way to rest so that you can more fully engage in the work and so it's something that definitely has um you know it's ebbs and flows throughout the work and I think for myself and you know for many of the people that I work in the space with it's definitely something we we all should be prioritizing more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that yeah I think I might have phrased that question poorly I think fun and I don't want to compare the two because obviously um, it's evident that the work that you do is something you're passionate about um, and that brings you joy as well um, based on what I've read and based on listening to you. Uh, can we talk a little bit about, you You, you do use, um, a num you talk in reference to a number of people um, within your book. 
um, specifically uh, Nikki Giovanni, and I'm wondering if you can just talk about um, her influence on your work. Yes, you know, the older that I get, the more I realize how poetry, especially poetry from Black women poets, is it's all love letters mm. to us, to themselves. And I set out to write the book. I worked to set intentions, you know, on what do I want this book to accomplish? Who do I want this book to speak to? What does this book mean for me? And for me at its core, my book is a love letter. It's a love letter to my mama, to my sister, to my family and clients. And Nikki Giovanni's poems were just that, you know? And so I really sat with a lot of her work. Um, one of her poems I actually quote in the book from her poem, Nikki Rosa, where she says, black love is black wealth. Mm -hmm. And they'll probably talk about my hard childhood and never understand that all the while I was quite happy. And I started the book with that quote because I wanted to set the intention throughout that mm -hmm. as black people, we're not just this, it's not just this monolithic story of struggle all the time. Black pain and black joy can coexist. So we are nuanced, complex people. And, you know, there's just a beautiful love there throughout it all. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, but I'm going to ask, and I know a lot of this based on reading your book. Um, can you share a little bit about what that looked like for you in regards to your childhood? Um, just growing up possibly um, in your household? Um, yeah, what sticks out to me the most as it relates to, to the Nikki Giovanni quote is growing up surrounded by Black love and having a happy childhood, even though there were a lot of challenges. And the main challenge was growing up with a mother who became addicted to a drug that at the time was more powerful than she was. And even with that, even with how devastating that was for my sister and I to be so close to devastation, especially so close to devastation within our mama, that was hard. But there was also this just unconditional love that we knew our mom had for us and that we knew we had for her. There was also this unconditional love from extended family to where if we were in need of anything, we didn't know it. And so I think with that, the happy times of from growing up in rural East Texas and playing sports to family dinners to just Friday night movies with my mom, you know, that those were very, very happy times. And those all happened throughout, you know, her addiction. And so it, the pain from the addiction doesn't take away from the happiness and the joy that we had during that time as well. And so it was just, you know, really showing that those two things, they, they really can and they do coexist for many of us. And I love that because you also talk about how 
just just that like the power of community and how you had the ability to <laughs> just almost knock on anyone's door or anyone was able to see you and just be able to know that they could take care of you and like, again this kind of goes to a lot of the podcasts that I talk to with um, specifically um, uh, black authors and creatives that they have this community around them that allows them to um, just feel loved by so many people though um, on the outside world people see a lot of their their journey as a struggle but at the same time um, they're still smothered with love from the the the, the wider community so I right. love hearing I love hearing that um, because again though I am from Canada our small black community um, has the exact same feeling um, on me as well. I really love hearing that. Brittany, you talk about dinner time in your in your book, and I'm just curious of just like what, maybe when you were younger, and maybe now, and maybe it hasn't changed. Uh, what does what does Brittany's favorite dinner time look like? My favorite dinner time looks like being surrounded by people that I love and just hold close to my heart, in particular my family. My family is extremely close. And it looks like just us coming together with the shared experiences that we've all had, whether it be the good or the bad, and just really enjoying the present. Mm. And, Being and what's fully present. I love that. And I, I'm I'm also curious like what's on the table. And one of those dinners, favorite dinners, would totally be soul food <laughs> southern soul food from candy yams to homemade mac and cheese the the kind you bake in the oven not the box kind <laughs> um meatloaf my grandmother's beef chips and rice and sweet tea gotta have the sweet tea and have has your grandma been able to pass down those recipes and who's like who's the cook in the family who's the person that you know yeah you know I think my grandmother just raised a good breed of cooks and so I think from my dad to my uncle to my aunt Felicia you know each one of us has our own recipe of hers that you know that we that stuck with us like my aunt Felicia we still have like handwritten recipes from her one with her um, sweet potato pie so my aunt Felicia makes that um, I definitely make the candy yams. And yeah, I think it's just different. She left a different piece of herself within all of us. And I guess my other question is how 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 are you and the rest of the family using her legacy to pass down to, I guess, the younger children in the family who may not have had the full experience um, with her? Using her legacy truly through action. Family was extremely important to my grandmother. We would meet at her house every Sunday for huge dinners. I mean, her food was medicinal in and of itself. You know, it was full of love. And so we work as hard as we can to keep that tradition up. Although it doesn't look like it used to in the form of every Sunday, but we do work to get together often with the younger generation you know they're in presence so they can understand that how important family is family was was everything to my grandmother 
Um, Brittany, I just have a few more questions for you. What are you, and I know this may be, this may be hard for you because of the work that you're doing, um, but I'm wondering what you're reading right now. Um, and even if it has to do with work, some of the, the listeners may be interested. And I'm also just curious, um, based on the work that you do and based on knowing uh, I guess enough about you listening to other interviews and, and, and podcasts. What are you reading right now? Yeah, so right now I am reading Hood Feminism. I just started it actually a couple of days ago. It's by Mickey Kendall. And so it's talking about the women that the movement, the feminist movement forgot. And that's been really interesting for me. I recently finished reading a book by Britt Bennett. And this book is fiction and I hadn't read a lot of fiction in a while. And so reading it was just incredible. It's called The Vanishing Half. I just and, finished that book as well. Oh, did you? <laughs> it's did. so good, right? It is. It it's is like so literally good. one of the first fiction books I've read in years. And it's incredible. Without giving it away, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite books that I've read so far this year. Brittany, can I, I'm gonna ask you one more question. Um, and I wanna, again, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me um, today. Where can people find you online um, in regards to your different social media outlets? Yeah, so I am on Instagram and Twitter at Miss BKB, M-S-B-K-B. I'm on Facebook and they can also follow some of the work that I do through Girls Embracing Mothers, which is a nonprofit that focuses on empowering women and girls directly impacted by incarceration. Girls Embracing Mothers is on Instagram under the same name. And then the Buried Alive Project is an organization that I co-founded that works to provide legal representation for people who are serving draconian sentences under outdated federal drug laws. And they can follow our work from the Buried Alive Project on Instagram under the same name. Amazing. And Brittany, do you have time for writing right now? I guess I'm curious just because I enjoyed the, the <laughs> the first one I'm wondering do you have time for writing or <laughs> more writing in the future for you <laughs> I you know once I finished the book it took me two years to complete it I would have said absolutely not I'm not doing this again <laughs> but now you know I, I'm pretty sure I'll write it in the book I think yeah I'm Selfishly, I would love to hear this again. <laughs> well, I <laughs> um, definitely appreciate you reading it for sure. Um, but again, I know that time and the work that you're doing with like real humans on the ground is so important. And um, so I appreciate that so much. Um, Brittany, I want to thank you so much for hanging out today. Um, again, super inspiring.